All right, well, we're in Zechariah chapter number 2 tonight, once again, Zechariah chapter number 2, and we're going to try to finish up tonight the, the, the last word on Jerusalem. This is part 2 of that, we began that last week, and uh, we just uh, so long, and I had kept you so long on Sunday morning last week that um, I decided to split it in two, and it's a good thing. Um, because it would have taken probably about as long as I did Sunday morning to, to get it done last Sunday night. But anyway, this chapter answers the question, to whom does the city of Jerusalem belong? And we are seeing that the Lord is the one who's going to have the last word on that. Understand that the Lord's word is preeminent over what the United Nations or the Arabs or the Palestinians or anyone else in the world might say. The Lord's word is preeminent over all of that. And the answer is clear from the Bible, and we'll see when we get down to verse 12 and 13, God's words are vitally significant concerning a solution to the Middle East question. It's absolutely clear that the Lord will have the last word on Jerusalem, and the nations will be silenced. I'm talking about the Gentile nations will be silenced. And it matters not how many nations join in the discussion against Israel. By before long, it's going to be all of them. Amen. They're all going to come against Israel, and they're all going to see that Israel's the problem. They think they will think that Israel's the problem, uh, but Israel's not the problem. It matters not how loud and how long they may rant and rave about Israel's illegal occupation of Jerusalem. They're going to be shown who's illegally occupying Jerusalem and who's illegally occupying Israel, portions of Israel. The fact remains, Jerusalem, listen, is God's concern. And if you go messing around with that that God's concerned with, you can get hurt. <laughs> you can get hurt. The, the Lord's words in this chapter put an end to all speculation concerning the final disposition of Israel and Jerusalem. And last time we talked, we... Uh, we saw the, uh, the man uh, with the measuring line. Uh, let's think of him as a surveyor, okay? Because he's surveying the city with the measuring line. The man with the measuring line surveying the city, measuring out uh, Jerusalem. And verse 2 shows the measuring line. Let's, uh, let's read uh, verse 1 and 2 of chapter 2, Zechariah 2, verse 1 and 2. I lifted up mine eyes again, Zechariah says, and... And looked, and behold, a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then said I, Whether goest thou? And he said unto me, To measure Jerusalem, to see what is the breadth thereof, and what is the, the length thereof. And we, we saw that, shows how the measuring line was used to measure the future city of Jerusalem that's to be restored with a view of the completion of that task. Now, um, it was not completed during Zechariah's day. Okay? The, the, uh, the, what, we're, what we're seeing here, some of this speaks of uh, portions of what has a, a temporary fulfillment and has a future fulfillment. And this uh, completion of this task is in the future. Look at verse 3. And behold, the angel that talked with me went forth, and another angel went out to meet him. And said unto him, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem shall be inhabited as towns without walls for 
the multitude of men and cattle therein. Now that's not been fulfilled yet either. When they came back into the land, uh, Jerusalem was not um, overcrowded. Uh, this, this is speaking of the enlargement of Jerusalem in the day when the Lord comes back. Jerusalem will be enlarged, be a lot of folks living there, but they will have no walls of protection because none are going to be needed. And we see none are going to be needed because of verse 5. Think of verse 5. For I, saith the Lord, will be unto her a wall of fire round about and will be the glory in the midst of her. The Lord's going to be the wall, and it's not going to be the wall as we think about it, wall of fire. Uh, speaks of the Lord himself being Jerusalem's protection and uh, his, his glory is going to be there when he comes at the end of the tribulation um, there and uh, he assumes his place for the millennial reign there in Jerusalem on the throne. Now tonight we move on to verses 6 and 7. And I want to, let's notice Israel's gathering and God's judgment upon the Gentile nations. Notice Israel's gathering and God's judgment upon the Gentile nations. Um, we see a twofold meaning um, of verse 6 and 7. Think about verse 6 and 7. Look at what it says. Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heaven, saith the Lord. Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwellest with the daughter of Babylon. What's, what's this all about? Well, uh, understand that um, first it, it, it refers to Zechariah's time and offered a call to the Jews who had not yet returned to Israel. Understand that when they were allowed to come back to the land. There was only a, a small number, really, that came back uh, and began the uh, reestablishment of the temple <clears throat> and began um, <clears throat> to put things back right. Now, um, Babylon... Um, is called the land of the north here because the Babylonians and all other enemies of Jerusalem most always attacked Israel from the north. Now, although the Persian king Cyrus made it possible for the Jews to return to their land, many of them had not taken advantage of this opportunity. Um, some were maybe up in age, maybe they didn't think, you know, they got used to, for 70 years being in Babylon, they got used to being there, and got used to life being there, and it became their new normal, okay? And they should have come back, but they didn't. And uh, they, were, they were to return, the Lord is calling them to return because of Messiah's first advent would be to Israel, not to Babylon. They were going to miss out on the first advent. Of course, the ones that came back missed out on this first advent by and large. There was uh, a remnant that did not, but uh, uh, the Jews are still looking for that first advent today. Uh, they, missed, they missed the Messiah. But the second meaning applies <clears throat> today. 
the Jews are being led back to Israel from their dispersion uh, that occurred in 70 AD with the same goal. The, the words there, I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heaven, saith the Lord, I refer to that. Now, this time they are to be prepared to receive the returning Messiah at the end of the tribulation. The, the Messiah is going to come at the battle of Armageddon and he will uh, defeat Israel's foes, deliver Israel. They will see him whom they have pierced and as a nation they will believe on him. Um, uh, I can't tell you that I understand all of that but that's what the Bible says. That's going to happen and I believe God's word. Now, the, the Roman Empire destroyed Israel and dispersed the Jews in 70 A.D. And it's interesting to note that the first Jews, the greatest number of Jews to return to Israel uh, came around 1870. They came from the former Soviet Union, which is north of uh, Jerusalem. Um, subsequently, they have come from all four directions because they were scattered all over the world. Now, the, the Gentile nations have reacted to the Jews' second homecoming with a continual antagonism. We know that. We can see that. We see it in the news all the time. They don't like that, that Israel is there in Jerusalem and in the land of Israel. They have contested constantly the Jews' right to the land of Israel, and they want to divide Jerusalem, and this will bring the judgment upon them that's referred to that we will see there in verse number 8. Look at verse 8. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory which he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, for he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. Um, <clears throat> now, at the end, uh, let, me, let, me, let me let you know, on Jesus, when Jesus was here on the earth, he himself prophesied of that worldwide dispersion of the Jews. He did so in uh, Luke 21, verse 24. He looked forward to 70 AD. He saw what was going to take place. That's Luke 21, 24. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now, at the end of the times of the Gentiles, God, we know, will judge the nations, ending with the Great Tribulation and the Battle of Armageddon. And that is why verses 6 through 9 re, uh, refer beyond that time to the remnant of Jews who have to flee from the anti-Jewish Babylon and the Great Tribulation. And that's written in uh, Revelation 18.4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. Now God's judgment will hit the nations of anti-Jewish Babylon with great severity because they have laid their hands upon Israel. Now, Babylon took a, took a hit back during this time because of their ill treatment of Israel. And they took it... Uh, they, were, they were an instrument used in the hand of God 
for those 70 years, but they went too far. Okay? They went beyond the limits of what the Lord wanted them to do. And so uh, he allowed the uh, Medes and the Persians to, to, to come in against them and uh, judge them. And uh, we know that uh, uh, God's judgment is going to hit again. <laughs> I mean, you think about uh, the, the Gentiles and the, the, the Babylon sentiment still in the world. And they plundered God's people and their land according to Joel 3 verses 1 and 2. Um, let me read that to you real quick. Uh, Joel 3 verse 1 says, For behold, in those days... And in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. He says, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. So the Gentiles are, are going to... Um, uh, they're not getting by with their foolishness against their foolish ways against Israel. Um, the the one who has declared Jerusalem as his possession, and that's the Lord, is going to bring them into judgment. Understand that whoever attacks the honor of the Jewish people also attacks God's honor, but because the the verse that we just read there. Um, whoever touches God's people also touches the apple of his eye. There in verse number 8. For he that touches you touches the apple of his eye. Apple, the apple of the eye being the pupil. Very sensitive area. Amen. You know, uh, you, 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 you protect your eyes, don't you? Um, well, uh, the Lord protects Israel. Can there be a more fitting example for God's identification with his people? God's, God's promises regarding Israel are so closely united with himself that every blow against Israel hits him. I wish our country would come to realize that. When, when, you, when you mess with Israel, you're messing with God. <laughs> and um, the, the nations have treated Israel like a servant. I mean, right now, I want you to think about... Uh, the, the United Nations is trying to push Israel around, tell them what they, they've got to do. You've got to do this. You know, you, you know, y'all have got to stop this war. Um, and they, I saw this week they were trying to accuse them of uh, uh, war crimes. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Well, what, what are they doing? And, and the United Nations is, that's you, a lot of nations involved in that in there. There is, it, it, and, and we don't need to be in that, <laughs> never have been, uh, never have needed to be in that, and, uh, but our own nation, uh, you know, we've got times when the, uh, they uh, go against Israel and tell is, try to push Israel around, to tell them what they need to do and what they got to do, but uh, listen, the nation's have done that. They've treated Israel like a servant. And at the time of the Lord's second advent, according to verse 13, when we get to that, uh, they will become the spoil of this servant. And the time will come when the, the relationships of power in this world are, are turned around. Look at Isaiah chapter number 14. 
Isaiah 14, verse number 1 and 2. Isaiah 14, verse 1 and 2. And it says here, Isaiah 14, verse 1, For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob, another name for Israel, okay, and will yet choose Israel, and set them in their own land, and the strangers shall be joined with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place, and the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants." and handmaids, and they shall take them captives, whose captives they were, and they shall rule over their oppressors. Now, Zechariah was speaking of that uh, as well. And um, we, we see the uh, Israel, who was a servant to the nations for thousands of years, will be exalted as the head of the nations in the kingdom of Christ. It's similar uh, with the church. I mean, sin once ruled over us, didn't it? But now we are to, uh, we can rule over sin. We don't, sin don't have to have its way with us. Jesus redeemed us. We were the servants of sin, but now we've been made free. Romans 5.21 Now the tables are going to be turned in the future kingdom of Christ. The once persecuted, despised, Church of Jesus Christ will rule with Jesus and as King of Kings and Priests. And uh, let's let's notice uh, verse number verse number eight and nine and, and this mysterious speaker that's speaking here. Look at verse eight. For thus saith the Lord of hosts: After the glory hath He sent me unto you, the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. For behold, I will shake mine hand upon them. That's the Lord. Amen. That's the that's Messiah speaking. And they shall be a spoil to their servants. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Um, who's who's going to be appearing? He says there in verse number 8, After the glory, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, After the glory hath he sent me unto you. Who, who's going to appear um, as the glory of God? Well, it's going to be... Uh, the, the Lord Jesus, Matthew 24, verse 30. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Glory. Who, who allowed himself to be sent to the nations for the sake of God's glory? Jesus. Uh, Luke 2:32. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Who's made a judge over the nations? Talks about being a judge here. Uh, John 5, 22, Jesus said, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. Matthew 25, 32, and it talks about, And before him shall be gathered all nations, he shall separate them one from another, as shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Who should they recognize as the one that God sent? They didn't recognize him the first time, did they? We're talking about Messiah. Uh, listen to what Jesus said in Luke ten sixteen. He said, He that heareth you, heareth me. And he that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth me, 
despiseth him that sent me. In other words, you despise the Son, you despise the Father. And so uh, uh, the one that the Father sent is uh, Jesus Christ. And our text points to that messianic age. No one but the Messiah himself could be meant here. God knows the day in which his people will finally realize who um, he sent to them, you know. And uh, the Lord is the uh, is also the Lord of hosts. Amen. Um, verse verse eight and speaks here many times in the first person. This is the, the Messiah's self confession to his his people, his self confession. Now let's notice uh, verses ten through thirteen. Let's notice the Lord will have the last word concerning Jerusalem. Verse ten. Look what it says. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. And, and there will be singing and, and rejoicing in that day, won't they? O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of thee. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto thee. And the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion, in the Holy Land. By the way, that's the only place that you will find Holy Land. We'd refer to Israel as the Holy Land. That's where you find it. Only place. The Holy Land. And shall choose Jerusalem again. Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for He is raised up out of his holy habitation. So Christ will return and will return again to Jerusalem. And he calls the city daughter of Zion, expressing his compassion for his people. And he will arise in his heavenly abode to enter into the temple of the earthly Jerusalem. His promise there in verse 10, he says, Lo, I come and will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. That's going to be realized in five stages. Um, we know that part of it's already taking place. The Lord dwelt with His people through the tabernacle and later through the temple. Amen. We know God dwelt with men at uh, Christ's first advent. Advent uh, that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Through Christ's death. Resurrection and ascension, and since Pentecost, the, the Holy Spirit lives in the hearts of all born-again believers. 1 Corinthians 3.16 talks about that. We are the temple. Okay? We're the temple of God. And following the rapture, the Lord will dwell in spirit uh, among a remnant of His people by sealing them. Remember Him sealing the 144,000 in Revelation 7, 1-8? Uh, who, who, who has a sealing ministry? The Holy Spirit has a sealing ministry. He has sealing, he, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. But He will seal that 144,000 Jews and the remnant of His people in that day. And finally, the Lord will return visibly and in glory to live in the midst of His people. Look, look back at uh, verse number 5 again. For I saith the Lord, will be unto her a wall of fire about her, and will be the glory, notice, be the glory in the midst of her. 
as his presence is there. And then we see that very presence again there in verse 13. Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. There's no greater joy and no more meaningful a life than the life con- containing the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. We who are saved know that. Amen. We got the presence of Christ in our life. What a blessing that is. The Lord will dwell beyond Israel and Jerusalem amongst the nations, according to verse 11 there. Many nations, it says, shall be joined to the Lord in that day and shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of thee. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me, me unto thee. Many nations will be joined to him. Then uh, Revelation 21 verse 3 will be fulfilled. And I heard a great voice out of the heavens saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. and He will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself shall be with them and be their God. And I realize that's talking about uh, when the new Jerusalem comes down. And uh, we have the presence of God there. But as a result, all men will become silent and will not be able to say anything here negative about Israel or Jerusalem. I mean, that, that will be ended. Her greatest advocate will take a seat and will have the last word. He will rule and he will reign from Jerusalem. And uh, as I said, by the, the, uh, the only text in the Bible describing Israel as the Holy Land. And remember what holy means? Remember what it means? Set apart. When you're set apart unto God for His particular purpose. That's what, that's what it means. Holy. When you think of holy or you think of the word sanctify, those are the same words. Sanctify, holy. Set apart unto God for His particular purpose. We are that way as believers. We are set apart by God unto Him for His particular purpose. But, but Israel uh, is also set apart by God for His particular purpose. Amen. Aren't you, aren't you glad that God's got a, still got a purpose in our lives? All right. Well, uh, um, I hope that uh, you've learned enough in the last two weeks to, to know that we need to be in prayer for our nation during our lifetime not to go against Israel because it's not going to go well with our nation if that's the case. If they, they do go against her. And uh, we live in the nation, don't we? <laughs> and what's going to happen in that, that way will affect us. But um, pray for our leaders. Pray for our nation. Pray for the people of God. We're talking about Israel. Let's pray for them. Uh, that's what, what God would have us to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for 